Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to the first episode of Biscuits in the year of our Lord Austin Matthews 2017. I am uh, Dave Lozo here for, for Vice Sports and, and many other publications that you, you probably read. And I have my partner up in Ottawa. Hi, Sean. Hello, Dave. It's uh, it's Sean McIndoo, uh, a.k.a. Down Goes Brown of Vice and Sportsnet and other places. Have you ever considered changing the Twitter handle to just Sean McIndoo? Or do you want? Or do you feel like you're 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 just going to be down goes brown forever anyway, no matter what you do? Like you could cure cancer, and it would be just like down goes brown, cured cancer. Good for him. Yeah, I I, I have thought about it, and I don't know. I've got like places that I work where they they put like down goes brown in the headline of everything I write, which <laughs> right? I, like I suppose that makes sense, you know, from a you know a social media perspective. It 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 probably maybe maybe it helps but there's always people who are just completely confused they're like i i like i like the article it was good but what does down goes brown mean it sounds vaguely <laughs> dirty what, what is happening so my apologies to all those people out there who are confused like i want you to like give up writing and then like go back to school and become a doctor and it's like you're you're, you're doing heart surgery and it's like oh who do you have for your doctor oh i have dr down goes brown oh he's great oh he's exactly. really good he's one of the best i'll like come up with a cure for cancer and they'll call it the the down goes brown cure do, do your kids call you down goes brown not not yet they probably will <laughs> once once they discover that the internet exists they'll probably be all over it well speaking of your kids we were talking about this over email but the uh the outdoor games were just this past weekend uh the winter classic was played on i want to say january 2nd you guys in canada got your own special day on january 1st where the toronto maple leafs are are doing this thing where they continue to be fun to watch and win games and uh, from what I understand, uh, you you blame your your child for not being able to go to the game and experience what was a maybe I don't want to say once in a lifetime because the Leafs are going to play the Red Wings once every three years now, but a great moment that you you could have you could have shared out at a soccer field in Toronto. I'm very sad for you. I could have I could have a soccer field of disputed naming rights. Yeah, uh, and and how I weird how weird is I that? Like go. like they call it Exhibition Field. Like that's not the name of the field. Yeah. It was very weird because the the name of the field is BMO Field, BMO being a bank up here, but the sponsor for the Centennial Classic was a different bank. And so we all had to pretend that BMO Field was, was not BMO Field. And the additionally weird thing was they pretended that it was called Exhibition Stadium, 
And Exhibition Stadium used to be an actual stadium yeah. in Toronto. That's where the Toronto Blue Jays played for the first uh, first 10 or 12 years. And it was this terrible place. Like, it was this terrible football stadium with aluminum benches and, and like, it would snow squalls would come in off the lake. And it was just awful. Uh, and th- they apparently went with that, which was very confusing because, I, you know, like, I've haven't lived in Toronto in a long time. And I was like, I thought they tore that down. But I guarantee there's some fan out there who showed up in like the Canadian National Exhibition parking lot and was just wandering around looking for Exhibition Stadium because that's what it said on their tickets because the league likes to pretend that things aren't named what they're actually named. And I feel like maybe if you're in town for the first time and you, you don't really know the city and you're you're asking for directions and you're just like oh hey can I get to Exhibition Field this way and you're like oh no that's that's not that's not a place anymore that's 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 not a place that exists really I thought there was a hockey game going on oh it's 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 actually a at BMO Field. Oh, what's that? Oh, that's where that game is. But I thought it was an exhibition. Like, who's on first? And I, I get why the league has to do it. I get why, like, if you go on NHL.com, it says, you know, blah, 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 the sponsor powered by the whatever Winter Classic was played at Exhibition Field. Like, you have to do it because you're the league website. But, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, if you're, if you own the fields, I feel like when you, when you, buy the naming rights you buy the naming rights for the stadium and like whatever goes on there like i'm sure they have concerts there and stuff like do they do they make up yeah. names for the stadium when like i don't know nickelback and avril lavigne play together there because that they're canadian it was really weird and uh, i i bet you there's like there's somebody out there who like thought they were in some terrible ghost story <laughs> where you just show up and you're like where's exhibition stadium and they're like they tore that down 20 years ago <gasps> no what year? It's like it's like your it's like your uh, your Kevin Costner walking around in Field of Dreams when he finds Moonlight Graham in the street. It's like oh, Exhibition Stadium. That's that's just right down this way. Oh wow, this is great. Why is everybody wearing bell bottoms? Pretty much. Check out this segue. Speaking <laughs> of old time players, I, like my favorite part of any outdoor game at this point is the alumni games, and I realize that like that's that's an important step in my transition to being a cranky old man. That I like the old timer games better. Did you watch either of them? Because um, they were, especially the Toronto Detroit one was was. Great. I feel like that people live tweet the alumni games to an extent on Twitter that I feel like I'm there, <laughs> so I didn't have to actually watch it. <laughs> yeah, I love when you're getting line rushes for the alumni game, but it no, it really was the Toronto Detroit one was great. <laughs> like we had, you had a goaltender uh, sprawl out and and basically a 62 year old goaltender suffer a career ending injury making a save. In an alumni game, wait, which is wait, Mike Palmatier. Oh, oh, I thought Marty Brodeur played in that game. Sorry, go ahead. No, go no. Ahead. Martin, Marty Brodeur would only <laughs> ever play for the New Jersey Devils in an alumni game. That would be anything <laughs> else would be crazy. Uh, you had, I mean, you had uh, like Chris Chelios stealing Ty Domi's toque in the middle of a in the middle of a shift. You had uh, very Canadian. Uh, you know, Rod Langway or uh, uh, Lanny McDonald rather uh, photobombing the uh, the Red Wings picture, and and then. The best moment of all, well, there were two. One other great moment was Keith Kachuk dabbing after he scored a goal in the in the Blackhawks Blues alumni game, which is just the classic old embarrassing dad move, uh, which was nice to see pulled off on that biggest stage. But the other moment that w- the the highlight of the alumni games was Gary Roberts and Chris Draper legitimately almost getting in a fight in an alumni game, which would have been great. I mean, to actually have two guys, like, I don't know if you saw it, but they, they went they went into the corner, and it got a little more physical than it normally did, and they, they both kind of started hacking each other on the way down the ice. And you're watching it live, and you're thinking, this must be a bit. Like, they're, 
they're playing along <laughs> and like they're gonna start to like, and you're going like who is it like who they and then you realize it's gary roberts and like gary roberts does not have a humor setting there's no fun setting on on the gary roberts bot no and i mean they, they look like they were ready to go I, I can only imagine the meltdown on twitter if there had been a legitimate drop the gloves fight breakout in an alumni game the meltdown that people would have had would have been fantastic and we almost got that moment see it's amazing to me how bloodthirsty you are as the bloodthirsty canadian that i've come to know you as doing this podcast because i feel like in the last six to seven years you really haven't had a lot of toronto maple leafs joy out of actual big games not that the winter classics or the centennial classic is a big game but i thought for sure that you would just rip off like a 30 minute monologue about how austin matthews is going to be the greatest hockey player of all time and how the leafs are destined for great things maybe as soon as this year but yet here you go you you, you want to see two old men like they're online at starbucks fighting over a hot coffee as opposed to talking about maybe maybe a future four-time heart trophy winner what, what what's what's with you i could do the austin matthews 30 minute thing right now if you'd like <laughs> Could you? Because I kind of, I kind of gotta, I kind of gotta go, to, go uh, take a take a number two. If you, just just go ahead, just go. Like Tim's in the room. Tim's here. T- Tim will just like shout some stuff out to like Kaiji if you want. Well, you know, you may need to go and take a number two, but the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> took a number one. Yes, and nobody remembers number two, as we famously learned from Alexander Dague. And and I mean, I'm I, part of the reason that I'm hesitant to even get into this is, is like you say, I, I like as a Leafs fan, I've been so beaten down and, and just had all the hope and optimism drilled out of me over the last 20 or 25 years. So I'm, I'm really hesitant to, to say this, but Austin Matthews is better <laughs> than even delusional Maple Leaf say fans it. hoped that he was going to be. Oh, wow. Is he better than McDavid? No. He's not better than McDavid. Here, here's, here's where he is. I said this on, on, on the radio a couple days ago, but I, I think what we thought we were getting with Austin Matthews is, is we thought we were getting like a John Tavares level player, which is to say John Tavares is a guy, you get a guy like that, boom, there's your first line center for the next 10 or 15 or 20 years. It's a guy who's right. going to play in all-star games. Uh, he's going to be your leading scorer every year. He's going to be maybe even sometimes in the Hart Trophy conversation. And you get a guy like that, and and you know that's John Tavares, that's Mike Medano, that's Matt Sundin, guys like that. Like guys like that go into the Hall of Fame. So if you can get a guy like that, you are thrilled. That is your franchise player. You take that any day of the week. Austin Matthews, and you know it's it's half a season in, and obviously you know we you don't want to get ahead of yourself, but so far. He looks like he could be the next level up from that, which is to say a guy who is, you know, he doesn't just lead your team in scoring. He might lead the league in scoring and he doesn't just get in the heart trophy conversation. He might actually win a few heart trophies. And, and you know, it's still a notch below the McDavid Crosby tier, uh, but it's it's just that one notch below. I mean, th- these are guys who transform franchises that, you know, they, they really do. And uh, you know, again, it's, it's half a season in and, you know, one slump here an injury there, who knows? Uh, but, uh, you know, th- this whole season was about watching the rookies on the Maple Leafs and seeing what it looked like they had at the NHL level. And for the most part, they've all been better than expected. And Austin Matthews has been significantly better, 
you know, to the point where what he's doing as a 19 year old is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard not to get excited as a fan and look ahead and think when this guy is 22 or 23 and hits his peak, uh, you know, what's he going to be doing then? The thing that I think is so encouraging for the Leafs is, well, they lost, they, they lost to the Caps last night, Wednesday night, but they got a point out of it. So they're on pace for like 92 points or whatever it is right now. And it's not that they're devoid of talent outside of the three rookies. Like they have JVR, they have Kadri, but they're not exactly this like super deep loaded team, especially on the back end. Freddie Anderson's, you know, whatever he is, they're, like they still have trouble defensively they still have trouble suppressing shots and all that sort of stuff and the fact that they're not even to me like they're not even probably at like 50 percent power yet in terms of where that roster can be in a couple years when your boy John Tavares eventually leaves the Islanders and signs a deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs which I hope he does because I want that guy to be happy he deserves happiness he does not deserve to spend his entire career in Long Island Brooklyn or wherever the hell that team goes that miserable sad sack team I think it's just it's so encouraging because you know that like, these three guys are going to get better and the team around them is going to get better. And the fact that they're doing all this in their rookie year, like you look at when the Penguins drafted Sidney Crosby, I forget who else they had at that point, but that team went from like Sidney Crosby won the rookie of the year. He had hundred points. He was fantastic his rookie season, especially as a rookie in terms of, you know, two way play and all that. Of course, he's got to get better, but they had Sidney Crosby his very first year after the Penguins had 48 points in the following season, they had 48 points with Sidney Crosby. They got they did not get better at all in the standings. And yeah, the Leafs have more than just Austin Matthews. But the fact that they're doing all this so quickly, I mean, I don't want to get you too excited. I mean, too I kind of do because I feel like, I feel like if you get super excited, there's a really good chance you're going to get super sad and write something funny about it. So I kind of want that to happen. But man, I, I just I don't know of it's like it's like the Oilers every year when they would draft all these number one picks and you'd be like, here they come. No, here they come. No, here, no, no. But now it's like right away, Austin Matthews. You should be so, you, you should be, uh, I, I feel like you should be way happier about Austin Matthews than two old men fighting in a hockey game. But you're right, It's because it, it isn't just, I mean, it's it's not just Austin Matthews. I mean, Mitch Marner isn't putting up the same level of numbers, but when you watch this team play, it, I mean, he could be. He's, uh, I mean, he's everywhere yeah. out there. William Nylander's been a little bit up and down. There's, you know, been some concern over the two-way game and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, even some of these other guys that, that you don't hear much about, Connor Brown, you know, and, and, and other guys. And the Leafs, have, they've still got a bunch of guys down in the in the AHL who just can't come up because there's no spot for them. Uh, and, and, you know, they're certainly not Austin Matthews-type prospects, but they've got some pretty good prospects down there that at some point are going to be, if not Maple Leafs, they're going to be trade chips to, to turn into something else. And you're right, this team isn't a finished product yet. And yet... I mean, if you if you just look at points percentage, or you know, they're already a playoff team. I mean, they've already caught the Bruins. They've already caught the Flyers as far as as points percentage. They're they're back in terms of raw points because they've uh, uh, they've got those other teams have got two or three right. games in hand on them. But they're already there, and and you know, it's certainly no one's looking at this team thinking, oh, you know, they can they they could go on a deep run in the playoffs. But to even get to the playoffs. And get a series in, and 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 kind of get that experience under your belt, and and see what that does uh, to the city of Toronto. I, I think would be a huge step forward. And uh, you know, I I wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago where I said that that like in in any rebuild, there's the miserable few years where you're, you're finishing last, and there, there's no point even watching the team because ninety percent of the roster isn't going to be there once once you turn it around. 
And then there's the part where you start to get good and then it's, you know, it's kind of a different type of misery because you're, you're hanging on every game and you're watching your team in the playoffs and playing game sevens and overtimes and all of that stuff. And then you usually get like one year in the middle. That's the fun year. And that's kind of where the Leafs are at right now, where if they, if they win and they make the playoffs, great. If they don't make the playoffs, if they blow third period leads all year and that ends up costing them, okay, you still live with it because you know, it's still a fun team to watch and you're still seeing the progress be made. But, uh, you know, the, the more you watch it, and I know there, there's been like this undercurrent of, of uh, you know, people out there and, and not just Leaf fans, but a lot of the analytics guys in that who all season long have been kind of whispering that this team is a lot better than people think they are. Mike Babcock's got them, got them playing a lot better than people are giving them credit for. And they're just not getting a couple of bounces here and there uh, that gets reflected on their record. But uh, it's it's starting to come around. I mean, they, you know, they've won five in a row, got the point against Washington. Uh, and then starting, I, I think, uh, next week, they've got two in a week against the Ottawa Senators, who are one of those teams they're chasing. Uh, those are going to be the biggest games that a Maple Leafs team has, has played in, in a couple of years. To me, there's there's two positives. One positive with two aspects to it is if Toronto makes the playoffs – there's a pretty good chance they're either going to play Montreal or Boston in the first round, which would be just fantastic. I would I would watch all seven games. I would hopefully they'd be on TV down here. I assume they'd be on like MSNBC or some USA Network thing. That would be awesome. The only thing that I don't look forward to is the Toronto Blue Jays were a very bad team for a very long time. Then they had that off season where they they traded for R. A. Dickey and everybody went nuts and they were still bad. The second the Blue Jays got good. Twitter became just a horrible wasteland of Toronto people, like just wanting to yell at you about the Toronto Blue Jays. And I'm, I love baseball. Like I'm not like following a ton of baseball fans or anything, but like I'd still see it. I, I, I'm so dreading what that city is going to be like when the Leafs are actually good for the next decade because you kind of got a taste of it last year with the Islanders where they finally became a second round playoff team and suddenly it was like if I, I I think I picked the Islanders to lose in the first round and they didn't and like for an entire like 24 hours Islander fans were like retweeting me like oh this guy thinks he knows what he's talking about he should be fired it's like buddy you haven't gotten to the second round in 25 years like congratulations on finally doing it I really 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 I, like I realize you're going to be insufferable. Like you're you're just going to change your entire like online persona. You're just going to start attacking like all these blogs that pick against the Leafs. That's fine, but overall, I just I really hope the city of Toronto is is humble and and gracious when they basically become the Blackhawks of the next ten years. And that and that's what they're going to be. I'm it, telling you, it is going to be so much worse than even oh. you can imagine. Because here's the thing: imagine take what you saw with the Blue Jays. All right, Mm -hmm. crank the volume up to an 11 out of 10 because it's the Maple Leafs and and they're they're the big show in town. But here's the other thing. Like, nobody really hates the Toronto Blue Jays. So when something is happening to the Blue Jays, you have to deal with all of the Blue Jay fans, but you don't have the other half of all the people coming out of the woodwork to talk about how they can't stand the Blue Jays and, and ripping on them for everything. Whereas the Maple Leafs, I mean, that's it. Like, you you you're a Maple Leafs fan or... At least in Canada, you are completely sick of the Maple Leafs and never want to see them again and don't want them to have any joy or any happiness in their life. Like, there there will be a very brief window. If the Maple Leafs make the playoffs, like, I give it two games where fans of other teams will be like, you know what, good for you. It's been <laughs> 10 years in the wilderness. We're kind of rooting for you here. And, and then it's just all going to go to hell. 
and it's going to be it's going to be awful and and you're right i'm going to i'm going to turn completely like the last 8 years has just been me <laughs> building up false confidence in everyone that i'm some sort of rational uh even minded leaf fan and i'm just going to i'm going to go full bar stool it's going to be completely ridiculous and uh yeah it's it's like friendships will end families will be torn apart and i i can't wait it's going to be it's going to be amazing. Like Matt Martin's going to run Max Pacioretty from behind, and you're going to blame Pacioretty for not defending himself and saying he's a faker, even though he's like he has like a severe spine injury. You're going to be like, too bad, Absolutely. bro. Maybe you should have a tougher spine. Absolutely. Uh, God. Like one, like like his his spinal column will fly out of the arena and land in my lap in the press <laughs> box, and I will still accuse him of faking just so that Matt Martin gets suspended to to damage the Maple Leafs. It's it's going to be it's going to be like like just. Picture millions of Maple Leaf fans all going full Gary Roberts all the time on everyone. I can't wait. Um, so let's end the season now and just start the playoffs. <laughs> because you're right. The Leafs, you know, the, the one downside is they, they're unlikely to end up playing the Canadians, but they could get the Bruins, which would be great. They could get the Senators, which would be its own kind of fun because Senator fans still have a complex over having lost four times in a row to the Leafs and, and the possibility of it happening again would, I think, kind of be the end of them. Uh, and then the other matchup you could get that would be all sorts of fun for a different reason, and, and we'll kind of use this to segue into the next topic, is if the Leafs sneak in as a number eight seed in the wild card, they could end up playing the number one seed, which would probably be the winner of the Metro, which could be the Columbus Blue Jackets. And what kind of meeting of like what would possibly happen if the Maple Leafs and the Blue Jackets met in the playoffs? I mean, we well, first of all, first of all, you'd have David Clarkson and Nathan Horton drop the ceremonial first pucks as the as the two players that probably helped the most in order to to get these teams to where they are. Um, the heated rivalry, of course, between the Blue Jackets and Leafs. We've all we all know the history there with um, that great uh, that great um, yeah um, that one thing that happened that one time but they can play montreal if they get the wild card they could still play montreal if it, if it shakes out they're the second wild card and they 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 get my I, I i really really want toronto to play montreal i want canada to I just know. devour itself for two weeks i know and it would, it, that would that would be great but I, I i can't get too excited about it because i i got suckered in, in in 2013 the year the, that the leafs played the bruins and had the big game seven collapse like they mm. were slotted in against the canadians the entire last week of the season and it was the last night in fact it was the senators i can't remember if the senators won or lost or, or what it was but something the senators did screwed up that matchup at the last second and and bumped the leafs out of playing the canadians and instead they played the bruins and and basically ruined every leaf fan's life for a few years so if you're a senators fan you know you may have lost four playoff series in a row to the the maple leafs but at least you you had an indirect hand in in psychologically breaking Leaf fans uh, a few years ago. So you've got that going for you. But yeah, the the Blue Jackets, we're recording this on Thursday. It's gonna, probably not going to go out until Friday. So the Blue Jackets Thursday night are playing the Washington Capitals. They have a chance to match the all-time NHL record for the longest win streak at 17 games, tying a record that is held by the 92-93 Pittsburgh Penguins who were the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, packed with Hall of Famers, Mario Lemieux in his prime, Yarmir Jagger in his prime, Ron Francis, those sorts of guys. And the Columbus Blue Jackets, maybe by the time people hear this, will have tied that 23, 24-year-old record. Dave, 
what the hell is going on? Can you explain this well, at all? I think it's pretty obvious. It's obvious. I mean, you just listed the names, Lemieux, Yager, and Francis. I mean, Sam Gagne, Brandon Dubinsky, Cam Atkinson. I mean, they're, they're, I can't they're see a difference. the same players. It's the same thing. No, I mean... I saw I saw a story today. I didn't read it. I just saw the headline. I think Steve Wino wrote a story uh, because Columbus was uh, they're playing the Caps tonight, right? That's the game they have. I think yep. so. He was there, um, and like the, somebody from like the old time Penguins was like, "I got to tell you, this this record, the Blue Jackets, you know, them tying us. I think their their win streak's more impressive than ours." No, it's it's no, it's, it's not. You know, it's really really not. All right, I'm, but I'm hesitant to get into this because I know I know. <laughs> how blue jacket fans are going to interpret this. So I'm going to I'm going to pick my words carefully, but I, I I actually wrote a thing that's going up on on Friday on Vice Sports as part of the weekly grab bag column that I do. Uh Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This win streak, to me, it's, it's not the same thing as what the Penguins did. A win streak in the shootout era is just it's it's a different it's a different thing. The Blue Jackets have had two shootout wins over the course of this win streak. There was no shootout back when the Pittsburgh Penguins were putting their 17 game streak up. So if you got to the end of overtime and it was a, and the game was still tied, it was a tie and that was the end of your streak. And that's actually how the Penguins streak ended. The Penguins saw their 17 game win streak end on the last game of the regular season in a tie, and then they went on another win streak in the playoffs. So if they had had a shootout available to them, who knows? You know, Lemieux, Jaeger, Francis, they probably win that shootout, and we're talking about a longer win streak. I'm not saying that the Blue Jacket streak doesn't count or that it's somehow lesser than than what the Penguins have done because the flip side is they're doing it in a cap era and in the era of parity and, and all of this other stuff. But to me, it's it's almost like it's two different categories, and it's almost as if, you know, the 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 fact that we have the loser point and that we have shootouts and, and all this ridiculous stuff these days, you know, for all the talk in the NHL about the sanctity of the record book, we can't make any changes because of the record book and this and that. It it really, when you're talking about streaks and standings and that sort of thing, it really doesn't apply anymore. It's almost like we need to have the the pre two thousand and four record book. And then 2004 on. And, you know, the, it, I'm not taking anything away from Columbus. It's still impressive. It's still an amazing accomplishment. But it's not the same thing. But it's not. It's 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 impressive. It's impressive in a different way. It's impressive because it's the salary cap era. It's impressive because there's not a lot of differences between these teams. So in that sense, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing that they've been able to, you know, play well for stretches, get some bounces. I mean, they beat Minnesota, which was which was playing some amazing hockey. They had won 12 in a row when they beat them. Um, I, I just, I, I, we, again, we do this every year with a team that, that is way better than every, anyone thought it would be, where the numbers all say that they're playing over their head, and everyone agrees except for the fan base that says, oh, no, you got to watch. You know, it's, it's about game situations, and it's about this, and it's about... And then the worm turns, and I just... The worm, 
usually turns in the same direction that it was going in the opposite way where if you've won like not they're going to lose 16 in a row or anything but like like the, there's there's going to be a like there's there's like a bubble there's like a PDO bubble and at some point Sergey Bobrovsky is not going to stop 94 95% of his shots he's he's going to go into a funk they're not going to score as much and then people will just say well uh, they're just they're just they're just cooling off a little bit like no this is kind of who they've always been they're just not getting the crazy goaltending they're not getting the great scoring but like the idea that this is the same thing again i i i love hockey players i mean i don't love hockey players that's that's exaggerating i they're 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 fine i like them they're they're not bad people but like like today i read a thing today where um oh, what's the name of the the girl that that rocked ronda rousey amanda amanda nunez, nunez, yeah. nunez? Amanda yeah. nunez. like so like two days later, she she just ended Ronda Rousey's career possibly, and she was doing an interview, and she was like, "Yeah, I always knew Ronda Rousey sucked. I can do like a kick her ass the whole time." Like hockey doesn't have that. Hockey has the opposite of that. Hockey has oh, actually those guys are just as good as us. But like, no, they're not. They're not as good. Come on, just be honest. Like you, Ron Ron Francis was your third best player, and he's like the tenth best player of all time, and he was on your team in his prime. Like the Pittsburgh. Like I usually don't subscribe to the theory that like you know the ninety five ninety six Bulls would throttle the Golden State Warriors today or anything like that but like if the 92-93 Penguins showed up and played the Columbus Blue Jackets today like yeah all the Blue Jackets players are bigger and stronger and faster but like I I don't necessarily think Columbus would would take four out of seven in that series you know like I just just I, I just I just I just love I, I wish hockey had more trash talk I wish there wouldn't be that hey that's a great team over there I just wish no that team sucked we rocked that team's world we're gonna beat that team three more times and we're gonna go to the Stanley Cup final just I know I, I'm I'm never gonna get that but It'd be fun. Good for the Blue Jays. It, it would be it's fun, nice. but we the first guy who tried to do it, we'd just tear them apart, and and it would be miserable. And I hate that we do that, but we totally would. But I feel like if enough guys do it, though, like it's like it's like the scene in Moneyball when when uh, Brad Pitt's interviewing for the Red Sox job, and he's all sad because his team lost in the ALDS that 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 season, and the big the, the owners interviewing him, and he just says, "Hey, the first guy through the wall always gets bloody." Like we just need like. 12 or 15 hockey players to go through the wall and just continue to say whatever they want and eventually it'll get to the point where like you know money ball is a normal thing it'll get to the point where talking shit after games or about the other team will be a normal thing like wouldn't that be just so like remember when uh it was probably pk soup yeah it was definitely pk Subban. i think it was pk's i think it was pk Subban. Sure like was. he scored a game what he scored a game winner in overtime and like he popped the front of his jersey yeah. was that him that was him and then Against like the Bruins. then like two or three games later like i think james van reams like mocked him like like, buddy, like, wh- why? Why would you, why would you, he, first of all, he wasn't tugging on the back of the jersey. He wasn't, like, doing the thumbs at the name Subad. He was pulling up the, the, the C and the H. Like, why, why, why can't we just have more fun, Sean? I just, I like fun. It is fun. And I'll tell you, like, you go ask any Maple Leafs fan the highlight of the 1998-99 Toronto Maple Leafs. That was the first year with Curtis Joseph, first year with Pat Quinn. They had missed playoffs two years in a row. They made the playoffs, went all the way to the conference finals. It was a big, uh, big underdog Cinderella story. Lots of great moments. Ask any Maple Leaf fan the best moment of that season. Danny Markov saluting Yarmir Yager after they eliminated the Penguins from the playoffs in overtime. <laughs> and they, in, in the celebration pile, Danny, and, and, you know, if people don't remember, Danny Markov was insane. They, like, this was a legit crazy person uh, who was so much fun to watch. And he, like, peels off from the pile and yells down the ice to make sure Jagger sees him and then starts dropping salutes on him. And it was, and it was fantastic. And yeah, that was our one for the decade. That's, that's pretty much everything that, that hockey fans can do. I'm trying to think, how would you mock the Columbus Blue Jackets though? Like if the Capitals like 
end the streak in overtime. <laughs> like, what's the move that you do? You, do you, like, how do you right. how do you go fourteen years without winning a playoff series? And how do you summarize that <laughs> in a gesture? I think I think you just take off your your jersey and then reveal Columbus Blue Jackets jerseys from like 1999 or something underneath the underneath your sweater, or or you salute the Penguins by you have like one guy with a mullet, like one guy like fakes a bad back for Mario, and uh, like Ron Francis really didn't have any defining traits, did he? I don't know. You you like win a bunch of faceoffs? I don't know. Like Ron Francis <laughs> was a super awesome player that like I can't like I can't, like seriously I can't picture like one super awesome thing Ron Francis ever did in his career, but like I know he was super awesome. Like there's no like signature Ron Francis moment. If you want to mock Ron Francis, you have to like pantomime signing Cam Ward to an extension. <laughs> That'd yes. be your one move that you could pull off. I I just hope. I'm at the point now, like I like I wrote a piece on Sportsnet today where I went through each and every game of the Blue Jackets streak. And it started off as like the idea that I actually pitched to them was like, let me go through every game and I'll I'll rewatch footage and I'll I'll reread the game stories and let me see if I can pick up on anything that maybe we missed on that would help explain this. And and what it ended up being was just me descending into madness as my brain ate itself from me trying to figure out what was going on because it it doesn't make any sense i mean you look at the streak it it, you know the first entire half of that win streak they didn't play any good teams they were playing like they played colorado they played the islanders they played the red they played the arizona coyotes in a home and home series but why would the blue jackets play the coyotes in a home and home series (laughs) why would you ever put that on the schedule and yet they you know and, and it wasn't until like they like the first good team they played and you know I'm, I'm maybe even stretching that was when they they played the Oilers and then you know they the Flames and Canucks with that was the the one where Tortorella set there got the 500th win and then finally like you hit the stretch where they had like the Kings Penguins and Canadians and you're like okay enough of this let's get back to real life right. and they win they they blow the Penguins out of the building uh you know and and then they you know they've won they they beat the Wild in that game which was a great game over the weekend and now, you know, I'm just at the point where I hope I want to see a good ending to the streak now. Like I hope they I, I hope they don't just go out tonight against Washington and just lose four to one or whatever it is with their backup goalie in net or something. Like I want to see something like I want to see something good because I'm looking ahead at the schedule. Their next three games, they've got Washington, Rangers, Flyers, which is three real good games. I, I mean, I think we'd all love to see Rick Nash be the guy who ends the streak for the for the Rangers in the next games, you know something like that. I gotta tell you, if they get past those three games, they're right back to undefeated. Playing terrible teams. They've got like a ten game stretch of where they don't play anybody. I mean, apologies to the Ottawa Senators, but they don't play. It's at Tampa, Florida, Carolina, Ottawa, Carolina, Ottawa, and then they break out of that Carolina Ottawa spiral by playing the Islanders. I, I mean. I, I would like to see it either end dramatically, either tonight or on Saturday against the Rangers. Or you know what? Let's just embrace the crazy. Let's steer into the skid, and let's yes. just let's just see how stupid this can get. Like thirty in a row. Let's you know That'll what? Make you happy. Go after the Flyers' record for game. You know the the consecutive undefeated streak. The thirty five games that they had in in nineteen eighty. The most ridiculous streak ever. They didn't lose a game. Uh, at, for 35 straight games 
And old timers like me look back and go, ah, you know, there's no shootout back then. There's no three on three overtime back then. Let's, yeah, let's see Columbus get to 36 wins. I hope, I don't even look that far ahead. I can't even do the math. I hope they play the Flyers that night. I'm actually, you know what? I'm looking ahead. You know who game number 36 would be against? The Toronto Maple Leafs. Flyers. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh. That'd be all right. Go on Ticketmaster and like buy like a hundred tickets because you know that's going to be the record-setting game, and then like sell them all at like a hundred percent profit. It's foolproof. Pay for college. It's foolproof. Yeah, yeah. How it, could you? How, it's how could you possibly lose money with that scheme? You know, like if I'm a Blue Jackets fan right now, and I've and, and I've I've heard from a bunch of Columbus fans, and and trust me, there's yes. a lot more of them out there than than you think. I know people, you know any any relatively new market we all make the same jokes about ah oh, you know the same four fan no there's there's a lot of them out there and you know for the most part they're just viewing it as this is crazy it doesn't make any sense enjoy it while it lasts and i hope that they do but i i gotta say like this this season has got first place president's trophy 115 point season first round exit from the playoffs written all over it like, you can just see that coming, can't you? You want Toronto to draw Columbus in the first round. That's your ideal first-round matchup. Not in terms of, like, excitement, but in terms of, like, Toronto getting getting out of the first round. That's what you're hoping for is Columbus. Say it. Say it so, so they can hold it against you later. Here's here's the only thing that here's the only thing that makes me nervous about that. As a Leafs fan and knowing how these things go, that gives David Clarkson enough time to get healthy and get back in the lineup and then just go, like, 1992 Cam Neely on us for an entire playoff round and be everything that that we gave him 900 million dollars of buyout proof contract to be and 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 then the next day they'll they'll have newspapers in Toronto that'll be criticizing the the David Clarkson trade boy I love I love I love getting inside that mind and 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 seeing all the all the worry and anxiety that the that the Leafs are going to bring you but speaking of uh speaking of markets like Columbus that aren't real hockey markets Let's talk about the crowd at the World Junior Championship game between Sweden and Canada, where, what was there, a good a good 2,000 people there in, in the hockey mad country of Canada, where Canada was playing in the tournament that makes everybody hockey mad, and yeah. nobody was there. And I, I, I think it's, I think that's, like, here's the thing is, like, I, I get it because I don't want to watch the World Junior Championship. I'd rather watch Columbus, oh, sorry, I, I was using Columbus as an example of a bad team. I'd rather watch Arizona play Colorado than, than watch Canada play Sweden, but I, from what I understand, people in Canada love to make fun of all the teams in the Sun Belt that don't draw anything. Oh, Florida, they got to sell their tickets for two bucks. We love our Canada hockey. And then nobody shows up for what is a game that gets them to the gold yeah. medal game. So, Sean, defend your country and defend the lie that is Canada as a hockey country. Montreal is kind of a weird town. I, I think that's my. Uh, I think that's my defense. Montreal. Although it's it's not a total defense because if 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 people haven't followed it, this year's World Juniors they're split between Toronto and Montreal, and the playoff round is in Montreal, so that's where the the uh, the, the Canada Sweden game that, that you're talking about was. But there were some games in Toronto that didn't draw especially great either, and uh, you know part of it is I know people have pointed to the ticket prices. They 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 really crank them up in in both cities. People have pointed to the fact that. What does it cost? Uh, I mean, it, it's it's NHL prices at least probably probably more. Yeah, really. So like two fifty two fifty for be. like the lower bowl could be. Like I, I, like I have to yeah, I have wow. to check, but that wouldn't surprise me at all. And and certainly in 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 Toronto, like Toronto had you know they just had the outdoor game. They had the Great Cup this year. They had baseball playoffs. They had the World Cup. Uh, you know, it's, there's there's been a lot of this stuff. So you know, some people are kind of 
making that excuse that they've just, the market's saturated, they price themselves out and that kind of thing. But uh, I got to admit, I was surprised to see the, that, that semifinal game with, with Canada, because you would have thought at the very least that the Canadian games would be the ones that sold out. And that, yeah, if you're, if you're trying to sell sweet or Finland versus the Czech Republic, maybe that's going to be an uphill battle. Uh, especially since, sure. you know, a lot of times they have these pricing structures where you got to buy multiple games and you wind up with these games you don't want and you end up trying to give them away and, and all of this stuff. Um, but that was a surprise. And they did end up, I think they got something like 13,000 for the game. Like it filled out more at the start of the game. There were all these pictures going around. Like, I mean, the, the building was more than half empty. It was ridiculous. And, uh, you know, I guess a, a late arriving crowd but that's you know you, you wouldn't even expect that in in montreal montreal this this great great hockey town uh it was strange i i don't really know where that's coming from and it'll be interesting to see the gold medal game which is being played tonight as as we speak and and when people hear this will have been played and we'll know whether uh canada uh rightfully claimed the world junior championships or whether they were <laughs> victimized by shady officiating and uh, had it stolen away from them by Team USA, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what that cry. I mean, I have to think it's going to be a sellout. I have to think it's going to be loud. But I would I would have said the same about the semifinals too. I, I know I know Dick all about the World Junior Championships, but based on what I know about America in international hockey tournaments, um, since we already won in the in the round robin play and we looked great doing it. Uh, I'm pretty sure we either lose like 4-1 in a blowout or we lose like 2-1 in overtime or a shootout because that's just what we do. Like I, I know nothing. Like the, like that kid Terry, you had all the shootout goals and everything. Like I, 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 I could not pick that guy. Like like it could be Tim. Tim Barnes sitting across from me could have been the guy that scored three shootout goals. Yeah, I'd, I'd have no idea. But I do know that um, it's it's time for me to congratulate Canada on winning the World Junior Championship, uh, the gold medal game. It was a fantastic win for them. I know it. I just know. I already. We're, we're, there's no point in us like recording this in the morning tomorrow to, to 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 recap that because Canada is just simply the better team. You know it. And I, I know appreciate it. that. I'm glad that you acknowledge that. I feel like we should maybe record like two different versions of this segment where we just very strongly <laughs> predict each result so that we make it sound as if we we really knew what was going. On. I you know. Team USA's had had a lot of success at this tournament. And I know that that will come as news to some American listeners because uh, I, I I mean I think it's acknowledged at this point that the World Junior Championships is something that is very niche to a certain segment of diehard hockey fans around the world, with the exception of Canada, where it gets treated like it, it's basically our March Madness. I, I'm not even exaggerating. Like it's it's our version of big time college sports because we don't have that up here uh so instead this is our one chance to watch teenagers uh suffer their biggest failures on a massive <laughs> stage and and <laughs> criticize them over it uh so yeah i i you know i don't know it's gonna be it's i'm sure it was a good game uh and i'm sure it was entertaining and i'm sure the best <laughs> team may or may not have won uh and and I'm sure the crowd was was absolutely jumping. I would I would definitely do the thing where we just like do three, two, one, and then just record two different ones. But I can't name three players on Team USA. Like I'm like I I will I will go on Twitter after the game's over and like make a joke about it. But like I like if if 
if the U.S. were to have won the World Cup, like I would have talked shit for weeks on Twitter. Like Olympics, I would have talked shit for months on Twitter. Like the World Juniors, like U.S. U.S. could win tonight six nothing, and you're not gonna hear a peep out of me. Like I don't, I don't. So like if if you do see Canada win six nothing, like there's no point in coming to my Twitter and being like, hey, hey, American loser lost again. Like you, you could be talking about my fantasy football team for all I know at that point because that's that's what I care about more than than the World Junior Championships. But hey, if it's a, th- it's like you said, I think we 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 covered this in, in in biscuits the written form where you broke down how the uh, the World Juniors have have evolved into a thing Canada loves because it was a thing Canada dominated at. It's like it's like us in football where like if we ever had like an international Olympic like football tournament or like basketball like we used to crush everybody in the Olympics and then we lost to like Spain or something and then it got tough. I don't really care anymore about that. Like that's that's the world juniors and you know if you guys like to trot out the the, the guys who got cut. I, I That's the thing that I always like boggles my mind is like how everyone gets really mad about like kids getting cut and then they show up on camera like two seconds later like yeah it's sad but i mean like they got cut from a team like they they didn't they're not getting interviewed about like their parents dying in a car accident like five minutes earlier it's not it's not though it's not great but it's not everyone reacts to that in this like really visceral super angry way but i do think there's like a segment of the population that enjoys it because like there's always that part of you from like high school that got picked on by the cool kid and you're watching the cool kid get cut and you're like yeah suck it blaine but I don't know. That's not me. But you know, whatever, 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 whatever keeps the cottage industry of the World Juniors on TSN I, going. I, I, you know what? I will say this though: if even if you don't care about it, the games are fun to watch because it it's like watching what hockey used to be in the NHL. Because these guys, they're they're kids, and yeah. they've just thrown the team together like two weeks ago. They haven't had very much time to practice, so the the coaches haven't been able to drill defensive systems into them. And drill, never taking any chances, risk averse strategy. Mm. So you get kids who actually try to do creative things and try to do, you know, try, try to use speed and 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 and, and try things. Uh, and, and usually it's high scoring, and usually it's back and forth. And and the enthusiasm level is, I mean, it's beyond parody. I mean, when one of these guys scores a goal, I mean, you could score a goal to make it eight <laughs> to one against Latvia. And like their goaltender, like doesn't even <laughs> like he doesn't even have a catching glove. He's got he's holding a baseball cap in his hand, like he's a kid <laughs> playing road hockey. He does, and you score and make it eight to one in the first period. And these guys are like dive bombing into the glass and doing like multi wave <laughs> slam pile celebrations, and it's uh, it's great. So I mean, it's it's I'll I'm going to be watching tonight, and uh, uh, yeah, and and then as as per Canadian tradition, when the game is over, and I know whether Team Canada won gold or not. I will make a decision as to whether the World Junior Tournament this year is something that is important to me or not. Is the All Star Game this year going to be important to you? Because they announced the captains this week, and it's for like just super awesome hockey players that aren't funny or fun really in any way. And now they're going to pick ten more guys, and they're going to play three on three, and none of the other ten guys are going to be like John Scott. So, I do, 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 are you are you into it at all this year? Is it does it does it do anything for you? I'm as into the All Star Game this year as I am every other year, which is to say, not very much because I, I think we all agree the All Star Game is yeah. terrible. But I, I will tell you, I I wasn't really into last year's either, and and obviously obviously the fact that it turned out the way it did. I mean, I still watched it, and when you when you saw what happened with John Scott, they got the perfect ending. But I didn't, you know, I, I didn't I didn't love that whole john scott thing and and i'm glad that people either chose not to or or were unable to get 
that going again this year because I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it wasn't going to work a second time. If you, if you'd got it's like Sean Thornton was out there, uh, for, for the Atlantic division that it, it, you know, you, you got lightning in a bottle once you got lucky, you got the perfect Hollywood ending. I'm glad we're not getting it again. And, you know, we'll, let's see the, the regular sort of all-star game with all of its many, many flaws, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see the three on three format actually worked pretty well last year, I thought. So, you know, it'd be, be interesting to see that. And I think we both agree that we're happy to see PK Subban get elected because he's one of the few guys who might be able to have some fun with it and, uh, right. and, and, and kind of, uh, uh, you know, kind of lead the way as, as far as putting some personality into it. Uh, but you know, I'll, I'm sure I'll watch out of force of habit cause there's, there's nothing else to watch on those weekends, but uh, I'm, I haven't liked the yeah. NHL All-Star game in about 20 years. So The weird thing for me is is that the NHL's like modus operandi is whenever they get something that works, like the Winter Classic, they oh, holy, the people are watching this. This is the People are packing the stadiums. What do they do? They do like four of them in a season. They, 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 they trot out three games. They trot out six games. They, they want to just run it into the ground. And here, even though they, they fought tooth and nail to keep them out of the game, John Scott goes, it's a Brading's Bonanza, people love it, he's getting a movie made about him. It's weird that the NHL, even after all that, even like it, it's not like they got to the end of the game and said, well, we see the error of our ways, you know, trying to limit who people can vote for is bad for us because it turned out to be the best thing ever. Let's just let it happen again if it happens again. But they were taking all these little ways to, to you know, John Scott proof the all-star game and again I'm not saying they should have wanted it because you're right if they had done it again if it was like Jared Bowl or something it wouldn't have been as it wouldn't have been as good but it's just weird that like the NHL was like so into slamming the door on a thing that people then again now that I say it out loud the NHL not wanting something that fans like that actually does make more sense but yeah like I'm same thing like it's one of those weekends where there's nothing going on I'll probably have to like write about it for some sort of you know, work purposes, but otherwise, like it's uh, you know, the the captain. And the other thing too is like the captains don't pick the teams. The captains pick the skills competition guys. It's it's very like sort of just unfun yeah. in a way where you, the fans pick the captains and then hockey ops picks the other forty guys. Like I don't want Coley Campbell deciding my all star game for me again. Like let's let all let the fans losing pick 40 the draft games. hurt because that was that was a classic yeah, yeah. fun NHL thing. That they got rid oh, of because it was too fun. So and that's one where we blame the players for that one. That wasn't the, the NHL came up with this idea. Uh, it, this, I mean, the, the right. first time in history, the NHL actually came up with an idea that other leagues copied. Because I think the Pro Bowl went and, and, and stole the, uh, the all-star draft idea from the NHL. Like, when is that ever? Ha- Usually it's the NHL 20 years late coming around on something. And they got rid of that. I, I mean, like, here, as far as the John Scott thing, here's... Here's what they should have done. Th- this was my idea that I that I had back after this happened because I, I'm glad that we didn't get the fan hijacking thing happening again. But if you wanted to capture some of that spirit, mm-hmm. here's what you do: you have the four division teams. You pick your 11 players, same as you know the, the 11 actual all stars who deserve to go, and then you give each division one extra spot, and that's like your your underdog spot, and you let each team in the division nominate one player that they think deserves that spot and you let the actual players do it like in the dressing room you hold a vote okay who are we going to put out there 
And, you know, maybe it's a John Scott type. Maybe it's, you know, the, maybe it's the enforcer. Maybe it's some veteran on the end of his career. Maybe it's the fourth line guy. Maybe it's the backup goalie who's been around forever and never plays. Every team nominates their guy. And then you let the fans vote on those guys. And you let the teams, you know, let them go on social media, let them campaign and all of this stuff. And then you wind up getting each of the four teams will have one guy get selected who's like the good story, uh, who gets to be your kind of mm-hmm. John Scott light. Uh, and you get to see them and, and, you know, it gives the media something to talk about, gives fans somebody to get behind. But it's done in a way that doesn't underline the fact that the fans hate this game and are intentionally trying to turn it into a joke to deliver that message to the league. I like this idea. It's it's I like it. It's smart. And you know what? Never happened. Never gonna happen. It makes too, too much too sense. Good. Too smart an idea. I mean that's the thing is like it's like it's like trading Kevin Shattenkirk to Edmonton. Make too much sense for everybody. Kevin Shattenkirk goes and plays for a winner for one year. They get the the blues get a get a Eberly or they get a right nope, nope. The things that make sense never happen. But you know what's going to happen now? Reader questions. Our, our faithful readers oh, have, sure. have sent in some I'm questions. I'm sure these will make sense. Oh, sure. I mean, I, I haven't actually even scanned them yet because uh, I was I was so I was so engrossed in our conversation. But um, uh, this guy wants us to talk about fantasy hockey. Uh, all right, he wants to know uh, Adam Adam Isaguer. I'm probably pronouncing this guy's name wrong. I S A G U I R R E. Um, I'm sorry, Adam, but are you for or against NHLers at the Olympics for the South Korea games? Oh, I'm I'm for. I I mean the, the for for a couple reasons. I I enjoy seeing NHL players at the Olympics. It's it's clearly. I mean, the World Cup was fun. I think I enjoyed the World Cup more than most uh, fans did. Certainly more than most media seemed to have. But it wasn't the Olympics. The Olympics is. Uh, you know, that that is the the big event that you want to be in. I understand why the NHL doesn't want to do it. But the problem is, like, it's the, again, this is such an NHL thing. They're not saying we don't want to go to the Olympics anymore. They're not saying we've decided that this, this experiment didn't work. They're saying we don't want to go this time. They do want to go in 2022 when they're in Beijing because the China market is potentially a very lucrative one that all these sports leagues are looking at now and the nhl understands that they want to be front and center there uh and then after that you'll probably see the games coming back to if not north america to uh you know to more at least markets that are closer to the time zone and and all of this stuff so it's like they're talking about taking basically a one a one olympic break just because they don't want to and you know it's it's the kind of thing where i'm like as a fan I understand why some owners don't like it. It compresses the schedule. They lose a few weeks and you know, lose some momentum. I don't care. This, this is fun. This is, you know, this is entertaining. This is good marketing for your game. Stop complaining. Stop turning everything into a CBA bargaining chip and <laughs> just go to the Olympics. And for once, can you just give the fans what they want without having to be drag kicking and screaming into it all right one more question then we got to wrap up because there are people coming into the room that i'm in and i believe we are over our limit for being in here so really quickly rohan kolkarni wants to know what's the furthest that we see cbj making it into the playoffs how deep are they going to go i mean i i already said this feels like first round exit i how deep could they go i'm gonna say the best case is the conference final one round and out and that has been this this edition of Biscuits here at Vice Sports between me and Sean. I want to thank Tim Barnes, our producer, who uh, sits here and listens to us ramble, even though he doesn't really care about hockey. But he's he's here. He's here for us. 
Um, you can read me advice. You can read me at the comeback. You can read me all over the place. Uh, Sean, promote yourself if you'd like. Uh, you can read me advice, including if you're listening to this on Friday, go immediately to your computer, go to Vice Sports, and find my NHL grab bag where I will talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets and many other things, and also do a YouTube, uh, classic YouTube breakdown of Don Cherry trying very, very hard not to strangle everybody in 1987 after the uh, Canada-Russia World Junior Brawl, uh, mm. in which he was hauled onto the air live to try to defend uh, Burt Templeton and Team Canada. It's, it's, it's a very, uh, very amusing clip. Uh, and you can find me on Sportsnet, Hockey News, and uh, various other places, as Tremendous. well as on Twitter, at Down Goes Brown. Tremendous. Well, all right. Well, thanks for listening. Go to iTunes, rate us positively leave us five stars leave negative stuff under there if you want as long as it says five stars we don't care and uh, appreciate the questions and uh, we will most definitely see you next week for a new episode of Biscuits When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.